0: Everybody, John Paskinni here. And I just wanted to take a few minutes to answer some viewer comments. I always appreciate it when people take the time to leave a comment. So I write back to as many as I can. And for the really good ones, I'll go ahead and respond to them in a video or the really bad ones. First one, uh, from Short Cipher, he uh, was commenting on my video where I talked about how lending money at interest was forbidden in Christianity for thousands of years. And he mentions, Islam still forbids usury to this day. I wonder if that's part of why Western military banking powers love to attack Muslim countries. That's a really interesting point. It could be part of the reason. I know that um, Muammar Gaddafi was making moves to create a pan-African currency. And I know that uh, the U.S. is attempting to weaken the central bank of Iran. And so here's something interesting to keep in mind. I was just reading that Venezuela is making good on its threat to price its oil in yuan instead of dollars. So I have a bad feeling that we may start to feel the need to spread some American exceptionalism over in Venezuela like we did in Iraq and Afghanistan, and, uh, and but let's hope not. All right, next comment from Donna. Hey, Donna, how you doing? I haven't seen you comment in a while. I missed you. I was looking for you. And she commented on my video about how I said Watership Down is more hardcore than Game of Thrones. She says, I read Watership Down. It's a book that stays with you. I especially like the part where the bunnies know intuitively that there's something wrong at Paradise Farm. I guess because that's how I have lived my life. Things come at me first through my gut and then I look into what's causing this dissonance. Thank you very much for sharing that. It is really a wonderful book. I wish that I'd read it when I was a little kid. I wonder what kind of insights I might have learned from it and what I might have carried around with me from it uh, if I'd had that with me when I was growing up, but unfortunately, I didn't discover it until I was an adult But when my son is old enough to read, I will definitely share it with him Another comment from the same video By tice Thys- I don't know how to pronounce this, uh, but Cyan 2 or something like that By the way, I disagree with you on the fifth book of Game of Thrones I still don't understand why people say he's lost the plot because the fifth book seemed on point to me. Yeah, it seems to be expanding even more, but it was still extremely well written and had some of the strongest writing I've seen from George. I still think about the emotional scene of keeping Maester Aemon warm and the arrival of the Golden Company on the shores of Westeros. Tyrion's tactical analysis of long-term sieges, Jaime being himself finally in the Siege of Riverrun. It was perfect and the Game of Thrones I know and love. I would honestly give it another read because it really isn't as bad as you say it is. My favorite book in the series most probably. I understand where you're coming from and don't, don't take it the wrong way. I'm not going to give you a hard time for still enjoying the series. I wish that I did. And maybe what I should do is make a kind of fan edit where I combine the, the two books where they don't follow half the characters. I remember George mentioning that people could do that if they want to. I don't know. Maybe someday I'll go back and revisit it. Uh, I don't, I'm I'm not saying that it's objectively bad or anything. It's just that he lost me. And the nice thing about it is that I've started to forget a lot of the details. And that is what is going to make me want want to revisit it someday. The fact that I'm starting to forget stuff would make it more interesting for me. It would be like experiencing again for the very first time. All right, now some feedback on my controversial attack on Stefan Molyneux. Uh, RWG1949YT says, I love our other cultures. I'd love for you to live somewhere else. If Molyneux's name wasn't in your pathetic video, I still would not know who you are. And I wrote back, I'm not sure what you're suggesting. New philosophers and commentators shouldn't even bother to emerge because the great Stefan Molyneux has it covered. I think I already made a good case that this isn't so. Also, it doesn't matter where I live because the internet is global, baby. Yeah, who knows? Maybe someday I will wander the earth again. Though for now, I think my roots are planted in the Pittsburgh area. But I don't want anybody to misunderstand. I respect Stefan Molyneux a lot. He has a very interesting show, and he says a lot of things that are true and good. My main complaint about him is that he claims to be a philosopher, and that's not what he is. That's not how he behaves. Philosophers accept criticism. Philosophers are open to debates with anybody. What Stefan Molyneux is is a talk show host. He's being Rush Limbaugh. What Rush Limbaugh says about callers and about interacting with fans is that the purpose of callers is to make the host of the show look good. And the way that Stefan moderates his forum, that's actually the way that he behaves. And it goes even deeper than what I mentioned. I've been doing more experiments to see what I can get away with posting on his forum. And it's not very much. I actually figured out that if you try to make a thread about how the moderators will delete threads... It gets caught by a profanity filter. Can you believe that? It gets caught by a profanity filter. They don't even want to see it. They don't even want to have content like that be seen by the moderators. That forum is on severe lockdown and there is really no way to reach Stefan Molyneux with constructive criticism in a way that other fans are going to see unless it's going to just get buried in the YouTube comments. It's really unfortunate. So if Stefan build himself as this generation's Rush Limbaugh instead of this generation's Aristotle, I wouldn't have any beef with him, and I would probably still be a paid supporter of his show. But because he calls himself a philosopher, philosophers should be held to a higher standard than that. And I canceled my paid subscription, and I am at war with him. Now, I had some other feedback. Uh, Some people were worried that I was going to turn the whole show into a giant war with Stephen Molyneux. No worries, my friends. No worries, because... Uh, That would be just as boring for me as it would be for you. No one thing is ever going to take over the whole show, never. All right, another comment from the same video. The UN, from Steam Giveaways. The UN wanted to divide Palestine into a Jewish and an Arab state. The Arabs didn't want to talk to the UN committee. Instead, they started an armed takeover, which failed. Um, Well, sure, maybe the people who lived there before it was Israel didn't want a UN committee to come in and tell them to divide up their land and government. I'm not an expert on the subject, but my understanding is that there were anti-Zionist Jewish people living in Palestine who didn't want mass migration into the area because they were worried that it was going to spoil the good relationships that they had with other ethnicities and religions that coexisted in the area at the time. And those ideas came from the noted anti-Semite Noam Chomsky's writing on the subject. Um, I want to re-educate myself on that stuff and make another video about it soon. But seriously, if the UN, if, if a UN committee formed and then came to tell you that you had to divide up half your land and government, I think you'd probably say no, and that if the means were available to you, you you would you may very well resort to armed insurrection. I'm not going to lie to you, I would. And then one more comment from that video: Weave from the Daily Stormer actually commented, and he let me know that Andrew Anglin also spent years traveling around Southeast Asia which is pretty interesting. I would really like to talk to Andrew Anglin. He did agree to come on my show, but then he stopped writing back to my emails when I sent him some sample questions of the kind of things that I wanted to ask him. I want to talk to him about why he chose to make the kind of art that he does. He refers to himself as a performance artist, and the content of the Daily Stormer is an art project that he's made for specific reasons. And so I want to challenge him by talking to him about things like, why did you have to push it so far? Because if he made content with the tone of, say, blazing saddles, he would get probably just as much media attention and just as much panicking, but his critics wouldn't have anywhere near as much of a case to make against him. And uh, yeah, after I sent stuff like that to him, he stopped writing back. So I suspect he doesn't want to give away that much of his shtick. He doesn't want to talk about that. Well... The, you know, he, if that's the case, he's being a little bit like Stefan Molyneux. So make sure, if you're going to accept somebody's ideas as your own, then I think you should make sure that they are c- acceptive of criticism. Would you want to have a boss that refused to accept criticism? I would not. And so don't let political commentators who don't want to hear criticism boss you around either. But anyway, it will be a long war of attrition against Stefan Molyneux. I'm going to uh, challenge him in my own little way. I I have publicly, I'm going to make a video about him every once in a while, just when there's something interesting to talk about. And then I have some other stuff that's going on behind the scenes that I don't want to talk about yet. But if those plans come to fruition, I'll make videos about that too. All right, last one. A gentleman who I'll refer to only as Tyler... Contacted me through a private message on Facebook and feel free to do that if there's something you want to talk to me about confidentially or if you just feel shy to post In public, you can contact me that way. I don't mind, but in general, I would say post in public so that it can become a conversation But uh, he sent me a nice long message where he gave some of his history about why he's a conservative and uh, he believes that Trump is a figurehead of the new conservative world order where nations are separate, nationalist, sovereign entities that cooperate and trade with each other. And um, that's an interesting perspective. I wanted to respond a little bit and talk about my own history with conservative. I used to be a conservative a long time ago. That was my original ideology, but the Bush family killed it. When people hear conservative these days, they think about George W. Bush. We allowed him to carry that mantle and he blew it. And so did cucks like John McCain and Paul Ryan and Mitt Romney. I don't believe that somebody calling themselves a conservative is ever going to win a national election again. I think that it's time to move on. I moved on initially. I became a libertarian, but uh, I have become increasingly politically radicalized, and now I'm actually an anarchist. But believe it or not, my anarchism is just an extension of what I always liked and admired about conservatism, and that was... The idea of a very limited government and individual freedom and responsibility. Anarchy, to me, is just that taken to its logical extreme. And I believe that anarchy is really just the next logical step in the Enlightenment, because think about it. We created this complex system of checks and balances because we knew that empires don't work. We knew that monarchies don't work. So we thought, okay, we're going to have a republic and we're going to have all this Bill of Rights that will protect us from the government. And really, before the ink was even dry on the Constitution, the politicians were already trying to subvert it. And before too long, we already had a central bank, and all the same problems that plagued the monarchies and empires started plaguing us, and now we have degenerated into a giant, unwieldy empire. So, if we ever get the opportunity to found a society from scratch again, under the ocean, or in space, or whatever... We really need to make sure that we don't have a state, because we've tried just about every configuration of having an institution as the the central organizing force of society that has the moral authority to initiate the use of violence, and it's never worked out very well. It's a problem every single time. So let's just move on, okay? Let's do something different. But unfortunately, anarchy is a philosophy for the future, because there are just too many people— who have been propagandized to believe that they need the state, that it is an essential part of making a human society function. And the first goal of any anarchist should be countering that propaganda so that we can dismantle these giant centralized conglomerations of power. But that's a process that may take hundreds of years or even thousands. It's a long, slow thing, and I'm just doing my little part to try and get the avalanche going with the little pebbles that I can throw here on YouTube and through my art and music. I'm a political philosopher artist, kind of like John Lennon, except my political ideas are better thought out. But in the in the meantime, I will say that the constitution is the best thing we got going because look, we have a first amendment and although it's under assault, we do still have almost as close to unlimited freedom of speech as there is in the world. There's no country where you can say more. And look, in in Germany, you can be arrested for questioning details of the Holocaust. In Canada, people have been put on trial for similar things. You know, the freedom of speech is is protected by the 1st Amendment in the United States. Another example is the 2nd Amendment. We there is no nation on earth that has a better protection of civilian ownership of firearms than the United States unless you start talking about somewhere like Afghanistan where the government doesn't or can't have control of things like that. But all of our freedoms that are protected by the Bill of Rights are under assault by the government at all times. We are not secure in our person's uh, papers and effects anymore. <laughs> the, those amendments are, are long since destroyed, and uh, I would love to go back to it, but using, using the word conservative and trying to, trying to call to mind the idealized past of Ronald Reagan is just not going to work. You lost people. Nobody under 40 is going to react to that anymore. We have to have new ideas, new marketing terms. And I think Trump was a great step in the right direction. If he could actually implement some of the stuff that he wants to do, it would be, a, it would be great. It would be a big deal. But as I discussed in the last episode of the podcast, it was pretty, he's been pretty ineffectual so far. Although I'm aware that he's working under difficult circumstances, so I'm being as patient as I can be. All right, that was the last comment I got for now, but uh, I'll be back. Uh, As always, it's a harsh world out there, my friends. Keep thinking. Bye bye.